This is Awareness Explorers. Welcome, welcome, fellow explorers to Awareness Explorers. I am Jonathan Robinson, your co-host. I'm with my co-host, Brian Tom O'Connor. And it's great to have you back. Today, we're going to be talking about spiritualizing the holidays and what that looks like, what that means, how to do it, everything about that. But before we tap into that, I want to give a shout out to our Patreon supporters for supporting this podcast and especially people like Christy, our current largest supporter. And you get a bunch of free stuff, uh, blogs, extra methods, some interview clips that aren't included in the podcast. And as for a little dollar a month, you can find out what you get and how to support us at patreon.com forward slash awareness explorers. Okay, let's get into the meat of the program. And when we were talking about this, Brian, about spiritualizing the holidays, what was the first thing that popped out of the void and into that pretty head of yours? Well, you know, I sort of don't really make a distinction between holidays and other days. And so I think that this conversation might be interesting that way. It might be one of our two-wing discussions. Our debate where we duke it out and end up as family at the end. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I hope, I hope so. <laughs> we'll see. Well, you know, most people, you know, complain about the holidays now, or a lot of people do. And then there's people who really love them. And I used to be one of the complainers. Now I'm actually enjoying the holidays. But what helped was the idea that I could take charge of, I didn't have to do the holidays the way other people do, Christmas, New Year's, Hanukkah, things like that. You could totally decide what that means to you and what you want to do about it. There's no uh, law that says you must do it in the culturally ordained way that has become a materialistic orgy fest. I think that's very wise. I'm glad you brought that up. So to me, spiritualizing, which I think we created that word as well, um, my, while we're creating stuff, is adding more depth, love, meaning and joy to something you know if you were spiritualizing your meditation or your housework it would be well how to how to somehow put it in a larger context maybe of awakening to awareness maybe awakening your heart maybe a service to god or the universe and all those things apply to the holidays which if you look at the word holidays it looks like holy days and we have certainly veered from that course, but it's certainly possible to spiritualize anything, really. And this time of year is as good as any, because at least the culture is pointing a little bit in that direction. And I'm wondering, have you tried to create more of a sacred time this time of year, or you just kind of forego that? Well, I don't actually by the word sacred, it, uh -huh. because it seems to me that it's making a distinction that isn't there in reality. Right. It, it, everything is sacred. Why, why is any thing or day or time more sacred than any other day or time? On the other hand, I don't want to be 
part of the non-duality police that says that's not non-dual, therefore it's bad. Because I I, I love the, a lot of the traditions about the holidays. Fortunately, I come from a family where we all love each other and enjoy getting together. And I really cherish that. Also, I love singing together and playing games together, which we do every year. So I think your concept of bringing joy and awareness to the holidays is perfect. You were one of the few families that actually liked each other. I'm jealous, but um, <laughs> I can't say I had that experience growing up. Uh, but now, you know, as an adult, it's possible to see that you can create it however you want. And um, I, I kind of do like the idea of sacred time because we're all so busy nowadays that it can be a useful distinction to say, uh, even with your partner, this time is our quality time together, as opposed to talking about the bills and, and the weather and all the things that we need to deal with, that you, you create a space for a more depthful, sacred experience. And especially like the time between Christmas and New Year's can be a wonderful time for a retreat, reflection, um, connecting with people you love. And so I think that like what you say, you know, we're creating it. All moments are sacred, but it's useful to have firewalls nowadays where you delineate certain time as sacred so that uh, you can really create the space that, that is needed for real depth. What well, do you say to that? Well, I don't think I'm going to be able to get a good argument going here because what you say makes a lot of sense. And you're kind of redefining sacred a little differently than I thought of, which is like, this is sacred, that's not sacred. But what you're saying is the same thing that we do in meditation. We take mm -hmm. some time to be quiet and to turn our attention inward and not to be distracted. And so, yes, that sure, the, the half hour or hour or five minutes where we sit in meditation isn't in reality any different, except we have focused our attention. And if that's what creating sacred time is, then sure, I'm all for it. Ah, shoot, I thought we were going to duke it out more, but, um, but you know, at least we're coming to some shared realizations. And, you know, uh, as a psychotherapist and, and spiritual coach, I often instruct people to create five-minute firewalls, to create hour-long firewalls for meditation, you know, where nothing can uh, reach you and you can fully open uh, I think that's an important skill now. And one of the things I also tell people is that you schedule such time because we tend to do what we schedule. And we tend not to get to the things that are not on our schedule. So I actually will, you know, schedule the time for me to meditate sometimes or schedule certainly time to be with loved ones uh, during this time of the year, because I notice that if I don't, then it's crowded out by the constant distractions, especially this time of year, which tends to be even busier than normal. 
Yeah, that's really good advice. I think that could be useful to people. And it's true that we don't we don't necessarily do the things we schedule, although I tend to do whatever seems to be the next thing to do and whether I schedule it or not. Uh, but I'm weird that way. I, I don't, you know, I can make a list of things to do and I hardly ever do that because all I'm going to do is feel bad about the things that I didn't do that are on the list. So I usually don't, but I, I think it's a really good idea to set aside time that you described and for people for people who don't do what they don't schedule, yeah, go ahead and schedule it. I think it's yeah. a great idea. It really comes down to knowing yourself and finding what works for you. Yeah, it really does. And and that takes time to experiment, to try different things. You know, I I grew up Jewish, so we celebrate Hanukkah. And I kind of like the idea of getting a lot of small presents, you know, over several days. It was wonderful because, you know, I would go to, uh, say, my wife's uh, place where they would get, you know, 10 presents on Christmas. And, you know, you just can't take it all in or I couldn't take it all in. But I can take a present a day for 10 days. That's fantastic. So, you know, I tend to do that. I give uh, my wife and other people I love, you know, here's a little present. Here's another little present. And that's been really nice. Also, I don't do all my, quote, Christmas shopping during December. I do it throughout the year and give people presents. That that was more like, you know, it, it's more impactful in some way. If I say to somebody in March 11th, yeah, I was thinking of you. So here's a Christmas present. I love it. <laughs> yeah, that's really nice. And giving is such a lovely thing especially when we're not when it's not culturally imposed upon us yeah it's not obligated and when there isn't a, a a time frame in other words eliminate the stress i think that the best thing that we can do is find ways to just not be stressful through the holidays and enjoy it for example our family just decided for anyone over a certain age we don't buy presents for each other just because we can all buy whatever we want for ourselves right. and we just don't really want the stress, but we still get together. We enjoy meals and we play games and we sing. And, you know, that's the best definition of sacred I can think of. Can I join your family? <laughs> sure. Next time you're next, next Christmas Eve, come join us. Yeah. Sounds and fun. the thing is, I don't even believe in the, the theology of all the christmas carols that we sing i just but the melodies i mean it's it's the sheer enjoyment of the music the harmonies and doing something together sharing something fun together yeah yeah uh, i was in a spiritual community for a lot of years where we would sing christmas carols to uh uh people at old age homes which is very touching and um i didn't grow up knowing these christmas carols but what struck me as I was learning them was how intensely devotional they are and how they didn't really seem to fit the culture, you know, fall on your knees, you know, <laughs> <Right>. like this. <laughs> um, so it always struck me as a little bit funny, but also I'm into some devotional practices. So 
for me, it actually meant something because I didn't grow up with them. Like, wow, these are really intense words. And I wonder if people are listening to these words because they, they can really point to an experience that people must have had hundreds of years ago that are maybe harder to reach in, in today's scientific world. Yeah, and I think it's all about how it makes you feel. You know, if somehow you're um, feeling, you're listening to these words and feeling that somehow people are sinful and you feel bad or, or, or your mind is arguing <laughs> with the theology, then forget about it. That's not what it's right, for. Right. But if, if, you, if they make you feel good and, and, and the music, music goes directly to your emotions, bypasses the verbal mind, and I, I kind of, I kind of ignore the meaning of the lyrics, you know, and just think of them all as fa la 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 la. Uh huh. Yeah. Right. Right. And just singing together with people is fun, and the tradition. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's so few things that we kind of like all agree to now and do together. So uh, yeah. whether you're singing uh, uh, Freebird or or Hark the Herald Angels Sing, it really almost doesn't make much difference. Yeah, that's true. Now, I had another thought before we move on about something you said earlier about creating sacred time. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that's a great thing to do as you define it. But one of the one of the best uses of that is you create some time where you're looking inward, where you're quiet or where you are finding joy or where you're sharing. And you remember that moment and you make some sort of mental trigger for yourself that can evoke that moment in all moments throughout the day and throughout the year so that it doesn't just happen in one say, either holy day or meditation time, but you can start to spread it through all of your experience. And with practice, little by little, that can start to happen automatically. Tell me more about what that looks like. Is it, um, are you doing some kind of like physical anchoring? Are you taking a picture, mental picture or physical picture? Are you using a technique? Well, the technique that I use is turning my attention to awareness and being awareness, noticing the one field in which all my experience appears. And mm -hmm. that's touching into something that is allowing everything to be as it is, and therefore is unconditional love. So I'm tapping into unconditional love, which then pours throughout. Now, when I go throughout the day and I have an emotion that I don't want to have, or somebody does something that I don't think they should do, I say, oh, I don't like this. I don't want this to be this way then I can just use that as a, as a reminder. As soon as you have an emotion you don't like or an opinion about something that shouldn't be happening, you remember, oh, I can look inside at something within me that is already allowing everything to be. Mm -hmm. And the same thing with holidays. If you have had a joyful moment where you've been giving and loving and enjoying other people, one of the things that makes that so much fun is that for that short period of time you're not you're not putting conditions on how everyone else should be mm -hmm. so throughout life when you realize you're upset with somebody you notice that you're you actually have conditions for how they should be 
And if you remind yourself, what if I dropped all my conditions for how anyone else should be? Then love bubbles up. Mm-hmm. Well said. You know, sometimes I, I, when a technique I use, which kind of puts a smile on my face, is when I see um, something I don't like or I'm resisting something, which happens frequently, uh, I'll just kind of make a, you know how in sports they have a commentator, you know? Yep. And uh, so my commentator will say, I'm going to decide to allow this. <laughs> I'm going to decide to allow this person on the phone who is a customer service representative to be as difficult and as incompetent as they are. Yeah. You know, um, because then you're aligning with reality or I'm going to allow this traffic to be as bad as it actually is. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that makes a shift and it also kind of puts a smile on my face because it makes me realize how ridiculous the opposite is which is what is the default in a way like no i i think the universe made a mistake here with this traffic jam so my job is to comment about how terrible it is you know that that doesn't seem to get very far well that sounds great and and does that how how does it work for you i mean do you find it successful in in changing your your the feel of of each moment well you know it's really a like a a three second technique and i like three second techniques and i think it's about as effective as any three second technique is when i'm feeling some kind of negative emotion yeah i think it, it gives a different perspective yeah, I think that's great. And that's a great way to create. You're creating a sacred moment right there in your mm-hmm. definition of, of sacred, as opposed to the old definition of this is sacred and that's not. You're, right. you're, you're making that special by, by tapping into that allowing nature. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about spiritualizing, including like how you might create more depth and meaning and reflection during the, you know, December, New Year's type of thing. Um, one of the things that I've liked to do is just reflect on the year, you know, because a lot of people are doing that automatically. So it makes it a little bit easier. And what I've done for the last 20 years or so is I do a little thing called year in review. And I come up with at least 20 moments from that year that were memorable. Now, some of those moments, you know, might have been difficult, but they're memorable. You know, when I'm 85 and looking back on my life, I'll remember, oh, I remember when that person did that. That was very memorable. (laughs) But most of the moments are, you know, favorite moments. And having a, a, you know, just a, a, a half sentence about it. Um, you know, the time I went to uh, Yosemite and had a great time looking at the waterfalls, you know, that, that will be something that I can think back and I have pictures to it. And it's nice to realize that the year had a lot of very precious moments and the contemplation is kind of fun. Do you ever do that? 
Uh, no, I, I hardly ever do. But well, I don't do it like consciously and purposely, like at the end of the year review. But I often think back on things that I enjoyed doing, things mm -hmm. that, things that were fun. Just because reliving that feeling is pleasurable and it creates this moment, it creates a good feeling right now in this moment. Mm -hmm. But the but the reason that I don't do it sort of, you know, uh, a, a, as a practice or anything is because most of the time, if I'm going to do some intentional practice, it's I'm going to try and ask, what can I notice right now that isn't about the past and isn't about the future? That's mm -hmm. absolutely right now and wordless. And I think that's like it just for me, that's what works better. That's what brings me to that place of joy so i so you know i say don't dwell on the past don't think about the past because now is all there is but in truth i'll often go to bed at night and think about something that i did really well and uh -huh. makes me feel good and i sleep better yeah yeah it's interesting because i don't think in that way so once a year i take the time and i intentionally do it uh -huh. <clears throat> Um, you know, another thing I like to do, and I've been doing this with friends and, you know, um, I know you have your book that came out recently. Uh, I had a book come out 25 years ago. It was, got me the first time on Oprah called Life's Big Questions. It has all kinds of questions for getting into deep conversations with either yourself or friends and family. And one of my favorite questions to ask people this time of year is, What's one of the most important things you learned this year? And I think it's important to reinforce our learning. Like, okay, what did I learn this year? And some people say, God, I didn't learn anything this year. But, you know, usually most people uh, we would know have learned valuable lessons. And in answering that question, it reinforces some stuff. So I will ask you, Brian, this is totally unrehearsed. Uh, see how it goes. What's something important that you've been learning this year? I think the most important thing that I learned this year was that my sense of my body as my identity was just another thought, just another appearance in awareness, along with everything else that appears, sounds, body sensations, emotions, sights. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. You know, and if each year you're asking that and writing about it, it creates quite a record of like, these are important insights I've had on my journey of awakening. And it does reinforce it. So I think it's a, a useful question to ask. You know, I, other questions I, I have shared with people and ask is, um, uh, what was the most fun thing you did this year? Or, uh, what feeling or experience do you want more of in your life? And that's an interesting contemplation because once again, that's about being intentional for the next year, which uh, we, we can talk about whether that's a good idea. But um, I have found that, you know, usually I will choose one, one experience I want more of each year. And I don't think about it. I just like, you know, create an intention and then let it go. And this past year, it was fun. I wanted more fun. Yeah. I always want more fun. Uh, 
Well, I had never really focused on it. You know, I'd said I want more love or more peace or something, but more fun was a new one for me. And I realized that, you know, if you're pointed towards fun, a lot of life's little challenges tend to go away. Yeah, it's true. So it was a very fun year uh, with, you know, of course, challenges. But um, it was nice to have that as a focus. And I did have more fun this year. Um, if you were thinking about this question, like, what would you like want more of in your life in the upcoming year? What might you say? Well, I, I would say the same thing. I had, you know, for instance, uh, I had a really fun time playing a game with my family after mm -hmm. Thanksgiving. It was so much fun. I, wanted, I realized, wow, I would like to do this more. Um, I had an immense amount of fun watching Some Like It Hot, the Broadway musical. I, mm -hmm. I, can't, I can't think of anything more fun. But here's where, you know, the duking it out comes in where i where i play the devil's advocate here okay devil yes i agree that that joy and fun is is wonderful and 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 the way we feel during our lives is very important but it's also even more important to realize that happiness actually true lasting deep happiness doesn't come from the circumstances of our lives it doesn't mm -hmm. come from our experiences it doesn't come from outside it's it's our default state our inner being we are happiness and it just gets covered up by the conditions we have on experience so that we can say well i'm going to be happy while i'm having fun and i'm not to put down having fun as you know i love having fun but you can be happy when you're miserable. You can be happy when you're angry. You can be happy when you're sad. Because when you tap into that default state of happiness, your true identity, then it doesn't matter what's actually happening. I like how you are, are always bringing us back to that because I'm always... <laughs> <laughs> veering from it. Uh, although I, I certainly have this experience and know that's true. In fact, just to, to compromise with you this next year, my, my intention and goal is to realize that happiness is always available every moment, uh, just by tapping into awareness. So that way I get my, my resolution, I get your uh, tendency, and, and we'll see what happens. Well, that's actually perfect in a way. Because, I mean, every, I mean, yes, sure, you do veer off into that. But the more we talk, the more I realize that we can't deny that veering off. We can't deny that certain things make our lives smoother and easier and certain things don't. And it's, it's like, you know, our, our, our recent guest, Jack O'Keefe, talked about non-denialism. Yeah. And I thought that was such a great concept where, where instead of saying, oh, we can't make any distinctions between things, we can't improve ourselves because that's not non-dual, the human experience is part of non-duality. It's one of the things that appears. And when you when you tap into that universal consciousness a two-way stream floods back from universal consciousness into your 
everyday individual life. So we can't. So separating them in the in the strict non-dual way is something right. that's been loosening up for me. Yeah, yeah. We're 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 coming together as we talk. Um, one last duke it out conversation before our meditation is I'd be curious as to what you think about New Year's resolutions. Are they a good thing to do? Are they a waste of time? How do you view that? I ignore them. I don't do them at all. And the reason that I don't do them is because I probably won't do them. I mean, you know, because New Year's resolutions to me are just something to make me feel bad about myself when I don't do them. So I don't bother. You uh -huh. know? I have a different hit on them. I, I certainly understand that because most people don't do their New Year's, New Year's resolutions. But around New Year's, I usually take uh, an hour or two to create a resolution, such as the resolution to see that in every moment happiness is available by tapping into my true nature. And that I try to do a little ritual around that, or it might be my resolution is to have more fun this year, you know, different resolutions. And I really try to focus and pray and meditate and really contemplate it for a period of time to get it as deep into me as possible as a, as a absolute vow for this year, maybe visualizing what it would look like in moments of my next year. And in the meditation we're about to do, um, there'll be elements of this. So I, I try to do that and then totally let it go. You know, so there's no ongoing plan. It's like putting it out to the universe. This is what I want, God. This is what I want, universe. And, um, and I, that, that deep focus combined with letting go, I have found to be a very powerful strategy for moving in a certain direction. Yeah, I think that you're right to combine those two, the intention and the deep letting go. I think that's really important. And I think that's why it's successful for you is, is the letting go part. And now strict non-dualists would say, well, every time you create an intention for how your life should be, you are reinforcing the false individual self. And yes, that may be true and probably is true, but... On the other hand, and it's kind of a paradox, having recommitting, I think committing yourself, just as you mentioned, those beautiful resolutions that you just outlined, is a recommitting yourself to where your attention is going to be. Is it going to be outward or is it going to be inward? And I think that the best resolution is to recommit so that every possible moment you can turn your attention inward and experience everything that arises from that pure, blank, clear, mirror-like allowing background of awareness. Mm -hmm. And to use the two-wing analogy, since uh, we try to bring it up every single episode and we haven't mentioned it yet, I don't <laughs> think, um, is you know that, that deep vow commitment plus is one wing of the plane, the letting go is the other wing, when they get together in the right balance, uh, soaring can happen. 
Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's it's funny because it's so it's it really is paradoxical. Sorry to use that word one more time, but if you sort of jumpstart it by by constantly turning your attention, then certain things start to happen by themselves and you step out of the way. Mm-hmm. So it's not just, oh, I'm not going to do anything. Therefore, I can just sit on my sofa and I will become enlightened. Obviously, that doesn't work. But I am going to control my experience because I'm the one who makes everything happen. That's the other extreme. And that doesn't work. And that doesn't work either. But recommitting to shifting your attention and then allowing the natural process to take place is a really nice combination. I think we said it all with that. So um, let's uh, head into a guided meditation where we take some of these concepts and we hopefully turn them into something that is of practical use to all of you. Great. What do you have for us? Well, I'll call it the contemplation meditation. So uh, make yourself comfortable. If you can, close your eyes. Take a slow, deep breath. And every once in a while, it's a good idea to reflect on how your year has been. And it's a natural time to do that. It can be towards the end of the year or on one's birthday. So during this meditation, I'm going to ask you a few questions to contemplate. And there'll be plenty of silent time for you to think about the questions I'm asking. So as you think back about your year, the first question is, what are a couple of memories that you have of good times? Just allow yourself to think back and remember some special times from this past year. What's another memory or memories of special times this past year? What made these times so valued by you? Was they, were they fun or adventurous or loving? What made them so precious? Good. As you look back during the past year, what's something you've learned that you found valuable? Something you learned that you found valuable.
What might be something else that you learned from this past year? Pray, as you think about your year, what might you have wanted to do differently than you did, such as in a relationship or spiritually or your body or any area of your life that occurs to you? What would you have wanted to have done differently? Good. Notice if um, when you contemplate that, if there's any self-criticism or if you can just simply learn from your experience in an open and peaceful way. And lastly, as you think about the year ahead, what's something you'd like to focus on, such as improving or changing or just being more aware of? Some intention you might have might have something to do with a relationship or more of a certain feeling or an aspect of your awakening it's up to you what do you want to focus on more in the upcoming year What do you want to focus more on in the upcoming year? Just listen to your intuition for any insight that shows up. Good. Now I want you to picture yourself in this upcoming year in an uplifting, hopeful light. So you may be a vehicle of compassion, love, and joy. Picture good things in the upcoming year. And when you're ready, come back to feeling your chair or seat. And very slowly, 
And when you're ready, you can gently begin to open your eyes. Welcome back. Thank you so much for that, Jonathan. Yeah, did you find that valuable? I did. And uh, I had an insight during that that I wanted to share. Sure. When, when you were asking what made that joyful moment precious. Mm -hmm. And I realized during those times that I chose to remember, I had no sense whatsoever that anything should be any different than what was happening right now. And when I'm suffering, I'm filled with the idea that what's happening now shouldn't be happening. And that's the difference between yeah, joy yeah. and suffering. And joyful, hap, fun engenders that feeling that, hey, everything's fine just the way it is right now because I'm enjoying myself. <laughs> and the trick is to allow that feeling of, is to, is to somehow stretch that sense that everything is fine just the way it is from the joyful moments to the not so joyful moments so that all moments are like that. Good insight. Uh, years ago, I read this book called uh, Lazy Man's Guide to Enlightenment. It's good. Oh, book. I read yeah. that too. Yeah. And, um, and then at the, it has a one page summary uh, at the end, which is, I think he labels that chapter like uh, even lazier you know, he has a few quotes and then he ends a book with even lazier and he says uh, just two words and the two words are no resistance. Aha, uh -huh. yes. And um, I remember Ajashanti uh, retreat I went to said, one step to enlightenment, don't resist what is. Yep, yep. That's so, so true, so wise and so succinct. Yeah, yeah. So I hope um, as the holidays and holy days transpire for all our listeners that you uh, enjoy yourself or at least don't resist what's happening and you create a wonderful year for yourself. And uh, we thank you for listening and being part of our family and may you keep exploring. Keep exploring. Thank you for listening to Awareness Explorers. To learn more, you can check out our website at awarenessexplorers.com. Please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app. We'd love it if you would post a review. And please share our link on Facebook and with family and friends, because knowing yourself as awareness is the greatest gift you can give yourself or someone you love.